Hey there, this is Dennis Anyone with Dennis Hensley. It's a podcast about making things up and making things happen. I talk to different creative people about how they do what they do, how they keep it going. And sometimes they're in the arts and sometimes they're in totally different fields. Uh, like today's guest, my favorite yoga teacher, Jake Faree. Um, I've been taking his class for a while. I've actually done a couple retreats with him, but he recently came out with a series of online videos uh, so you can do his yoga class no matter where you are. So we're going to talk all about that. But first, I want to mention my website, DennisAnyone.net. You can go there and see certain pictures that go with different podcasts. You can see all the podcasts archived. You can donate to my virtual tip jar that helps me pay for the expenses that go with doing the podcast. I always really appreciate that. You can send me an email. And I also want to encourage you to subscribe to Dennis Anyone. If this is your first time listening, I hope you enjoy it. Um, this is the kind of conversation we have here, and I, uh, I, I already interviewed Jake, so, uh, I'm recording this after the fact, and, uh, I learned a lot about Jake I didn't know, and, uh, it was really, really awesome, so, I hope you enjoy it. Here is Jake Free. Hey, I'm here in the West Hollywood apartment of our guest today, Jake Free. I nailed it. You got nailed the last it. Name you right. got the last name right. Well, I've, I've, uh... I've known you since like 2012, 2013. I started taking your class. And you're just learning my last name today. I, I'm learning how to say it <laughs> properly. Uh, because I've... Because um, you know what? You're always just Jake. You're trainer Jake. Trainer Jake. Right? Uh, you're my favorite yoga teacher. You've thank been you, a huge uh, gift to my life. And I've always wanted to talk to you about how you got into it and all kinds of other things that come with it. Because you've been traveling lately. Uh, lots of travel. You were in Thailand... For how many? How long were you there? Uh, Thailand, I was there for about three or four weeks. Nice. Yeah. And you were, and then you were in Bali for a while. Bali. Uh, see what happened. I decided to take this this uh, bit of a uh, three month excursion trip to uh, Southeast Asia, uh, and it ended up making more sense financially to do a round trip ticket to Bali um, from LA to Bali, Bali to LA. So. Bali was my hub for a bit. So I would be in Bali, and then I'd fly to the Philippines. And then from the Philippines, I went to Thailand. And then from Thailand, I went to Cambodia. And then from Cambodia, went back to Bali. And so wow. Bali was at both ends of the trip. Were uh, you doing location. yoga in all of those places? <clears throat> I, I was doing aspects of yoga yeah. in all of the places. Right. In the Philippines, I was teaching workshops for an uh, awesome studio in there called Beyond Yoga. They have a few locations, so I was uh, teaching workshops for them. Uh, handstand workshops, flow workshops. Uh, and then, uh, let's see, Bali was more of just kind of like a fun exploration. Do you um, see the monkeys? Oh, yeah. The monkeys, uh, you can't not see the monkeys. I was only there for one day once on a cruise ship, and the monkeys were a big part of it. One of my favorite things about Bali is they have this place called Ubud, and then in Ubud, they have uh, what's called the monkey forest. And so you actually go to a... You walk into this forest, and there's literally monkeys everywhere. And they sell bananas, so you can have like a... a I don't know what's it called, like a bushel of bananas? Right. It's called something with bulk of bananas. I don't know what it is. But they give you these bananas, and then these monkeys are crazy, like, all over the place trying to, like, grab the bananas. Right. So <laughs> I had the uh, the bushel of bananas. Uh, and so there was one monkey, and I was like, all right, let's, like, give a monkey, let's give the monkey yeah, a banana. Monkey and then banana. all of a sudden, there's, like, 20 monkeys that are just surrounding me, and I uh, kind of freaked out. And just you kind of got gang-rushed by monkeys. I just threw the bananas on the floor and basically kind of run the other way. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> that's a real, um, yeah, you, you, uh, you kind of had a little freak out. Well, the thing that's pretty funny is, uh, like, I had, I had my backpack, I'm looking at your backpack here, but, uh, your backpack has a thousand zippers. You're, you would have been a mess. You would have been like... Would they have been in every... would have been in every single been zipper. Every, yeah. But you have to hide the zipper part, like the little zipper, or right. they'll find a way to get in it. So I hid all my zippers inside my backpack, zipped them up inside. Right. And then they still were able to like get in there. And they were pulling out my camera, and I didn't know this at first. So it was on my shoulder, and I was just like, oh, there's a cute little monkey on my shoulder. But literally, he was actually going through my bag. He wants to um, see your stuff. And it's funny, because you, you walk around, and then you see... Monkeys everywhere with like random objects. Like, right. One's like playing with the battery. Just like you one have of those fidget one spinners. Like, yeah, right. You know? <laughs> you have them with like all these like random things. They're trying to open up bottles of water. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's They're pretty, a little klepto. Pretty, They're super klepto y. They, they Did they get any of your stuff? Uh, yeah. They pulled out my stuff and then I was able to, uh, to uh, rust, uh, wrestle it back in a way. But and yeah, you was, go in there thinking, fun. oh, this is so cool, I'm going to hang out with monkeys, and then you're like, these fuckers are going to get out of here, right? <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. Uh, so that was Bali, yeah. which, uh, which was great. Uh, one of my favorite things about Bali, which I'm going to say is actually when I was able to leave Bali, the main right. area, and go to some of the little islands off of Bali, uh, I felt like Bali was a... Uh, I don't know. Everybody I've talked to is always like, oh, Bali is, gonna, is amazing. You're going to love it. It's all about yoga. And I'm going to say, it, to me, at first, it seemed more about all about the traffic. Like, there was so right. much traffic, so many cars, uh, crazy driving. Right. Uh, one of the biggest, like, awareness things that I did while I was there, like, the biggest yoga awareness lesson was renting a scooter for a day. And Seeing what that I was like. rode around for literally, like, six hours on one day. And the traffic is so nuts that you have to be completely, fully, fully aware every single present. second, or yeah. you're just gonna die. Right. <laughs> so uh, that was that was it was fun. It was definitely an experience. It was a, a long day of, of, of riding on a scooter and going in and out of cars right. and finding new ways to get somewhere and getting lost a few times. Uh, but the getting lost on vacation always seems to be the best stories. Was there something the about? Moments. Like I, I got a sense from you. We never <clears throat> talked about this, but you needed to you needed to change the scene. You needed a, a refresh, going and traveling and uh, seeing places. Was there was there a bit of that to that? I'm gonna say no. Like people keep on asking me that, and I was like, oh, well, what are you running away from, or what's like what's going on? Or was, was like, it just no, opportunities like, presented themselves? Running away da, da, da. from anything. Yeah. Like I feel like everybody should be exploring and checking out new right. things. I uh, logically, it just ended up working out better for the time to. To lease my place, I I, I have my place here that uh, in LA that I love, and I'm right. not gonna like get rid of it. Or I also didn't want to like be spending uh, paying rent while I'm away. Right, right, right. Um, I have a real estate friend who was just like, oh, you know, it would just make more sense if you lease it out for six months. I can find you someone to, to you know right. to take over lease. And so I was like, oh, six months, six yeah, months, okay. like that's a, that's a long time. Um, and then I was just like, you know what, fuck it. Like I'm gonna let's like take off six months and like see what happens. So I spent. Four months in, or three months in, actually no, four months in Miami. Uh, I had some job opportunities that opened up, so I was just like, hey, let's uh, let's spend the winter in Miami, um, and then let's do three months of South Southeast Asia. I had yeah. a yoga retreat that was going to be in Thailand over uh, May. I know, I so, wanted to go. It was yeah. so awesome. So I had a yoga retreat that was there in May. So I was like, oh, let's just plan out. Well, like I'll be gone from like November through yeah. through the end. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's interesting. So many lessons along the way and so many lessons I'm learning once I've, once I've been back. Like what kind of things? Um, 
Let's see. Lessons from being back. Uh, regrounding yourself, actually. Re- uh, right. Regrounding has been a big thing. Like uh, when I when I left LA, I packed up all like all my little belongings in my apartment and like put them in storage because someone was leasing out my place. So right. being able to get those boxes back and unpacking was really was really beautiful experience. I felt like I was like I don't know going through like a lot of oh all these presents like these things that you just right. forgot about because oh, I, I opened thing. them for yeah. seven months. Um, and then I think the biggest thing was when I was able to put my pictures. Like put my pictures in my house, right? Um, and that was that was like the biggest kind of like regrounding kind of a moment, and then just trying to resurface again as a yoga instructor, like right. classes that used to be like super busy and just like sold out. Uh, it's been taking a little bit to try to like get everybody back. Hey, in. back! Remember, you know, remember yeah. me? And yeah. every day people are still asking, "Whoa, how, how long are you here for?" And I was like, "No, no, I'm back." I'm back. back. So it's like I have to do this thing to reassure people that I, that I am back. Right. Um, I do not regret the seven months that I took off. And I, I don't, like I said, I, I never regret s- traveling. I've learned so much. Um, and it wasn't a way for me to escape, but it was a way for me to expand. And yeah. I feel like I've expanded in so many ways since, since then. Um, and I'm just excited to be back in LA to right. be able to share that and bring that forth. Um, but like I said, like trying to rebuild like the business a little bit because I lost a lot of my clients because, you know. I'm gone right. for seven months. I'm not right. gonna be like, all right, I'm back. Like, let's let's yeah. go back to training. It's like, no, dude. Like, I've like picked up with somebody else. And right. Totally get it. Understandable. So it's it's rebuilding that, and then also uh, it's forcing me to to rise above. Uh, like, if things aren't working, I'm not real. It's it's not happening fast. Like, I'm able to see that quickly and make and make changes. Make adjustments. Uh, rooftop yoga, for instance, has always been. Uh, I've been doing rooftop at the at the Pally House for. I think six years now. Yeah, and that's where I first discovered and, you. And yeah, and I love it up there. Like, it's my, my, my dream behind the rooftop was, hey, it'd be really nice if we... Well, LA is so perfect. Like, it's so perfect for outdoor stuff, and yet we have no, like, hardly any outdoor activities, it seems right. like. And there was no yoga in the area that was outdoor. So uh, I messaged a bunch of hotels, and I was like, hey, like, can I bring a group of people out, and can we start this, this rooftop thing? Um, so I started it up there. And just uh, recently, since I've been back, um, I've changed up a few things. So Wednesday nights now, we have like an actual musician that is out there. And I know, I was there. Singing and playing the guitar. Really so cool. Yeah, and it gets to bring a different aspect than what you know people maybe normally get to see in a yoga class. And it's outside and the sun is setting. Like it's, right. it's pretty, I don't know, it's pretty magical. Now I saw when you were in Miami, <clears throat> you didn't drive for like four months. I'm still not driving. Really? So I haven't. I actually haven't driven for seven months. <laughs> you haven't driven. When I used to work on the cruise ships, um, you would go months and months without driving, yeah. and then you would like maybe be in a port and rent a car, and you'd be like, "Oh, I remember this." <laughs> it's really weird to not drive for a while. Yeah. Do my you like first. It? Well, my first time driving was on a scooter in Bali, right. <laughs> and that was probably like four or five months later. So it was interesting that it was my first time driving again. Um, I love not driving. Miami was. Very easy to get around. They have uh, an amazing city bike system where you're paying like I don't know, it's like twelve dollars a month, and you get to ride these bikes much possible. And they're like, basically on every single every single block, right? Uh, so it's extremely accessible there and very easy. Uh, LA now has you know some city bikes, but uh, honestly, I haven't been able to really use them, and like, they don't seem very accessible. Like we need yeah. to get more stations, and they need to be more throughout everywhere instead of just like specific neighborhoods, right? Uh, so yeah, I've been I've been walking a lot, and yeah. LA is not really. Uh, no, everyone drives here, yeah. So it is interesting to What's be able like to walk. What's it like to be back here and not drive? Uh, 
Are you Ubering a lot? I am walking a lot. That's good. And what I've noticed with walking is I'm noticing a lot more in LA than I used to. There's I, times where I drive down my street and I'm like, I never noticed that yeah. house before. And it's funny, I, I've been, you know, I've been here for 12 years and walking, I'm now able to like see a lot more than I used to. Yeah. Uh, you don't have the same kind of, uh, you know, stress that you have when you're in traffic, and you can't blame stuff on the traffic when you're driving. You're like, oh, you know, I was late because of traffic. Because here you can be somewhere in 10 minutes, or it can take you 45 yeah. minutes to get to the same place, depending right. on the traffic. When you walk, you can't use that excuse. Right. Like, I'm going to be like, I was stuck in walking traffic? I was stuck, no. I was stuck no. in walking traffic. There were some people walking in front so of me that were very slow. It's very easy to know like how long it takes to get somewhere. So it's, it's nice. And then, obviously, you get some extra exercise. Now, when I visited Miami, I mean, L.A. people are really fit. But Miami people are really fit as well. Like, it was like, I remember the UPS guy was, like, ripping out of his bicep. You know, there was, I don't know, it just happened to be the people I saw. <laughs> you had a different there was, than I did. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I don't, that's my sort of experience of it. That, like, maybe it was just, everyone looked like they were, you yeah. know, just ripped and, and, and in great shape. Um, what Miami was, was interesting. What was it like for I, culturally? Uh, I really loved Miami. I thought it was very diverse. Um, you know, you see everything in Miami and, you know, you get a whole lot of different... I was there doing a lot of different, like, festivals and, you know, uh, all these, like, music conferences and stuff like that. So, like, all of a sudden, I was also... I was right in South Beach and lived, like, four blocks from the beach. So, uh, every weekend was kind of like a crazy zoo for a bit. Uh, really loud. But also, like, filled with energy and excitement. And, right. And a, a lot of fun. Um and I love Miami for that aspect. I always feel like every time I've been in Miami, it's it uh, it has a nice flow to it that I was able to kind of like you know catch that wave pretty easily there, which was which is really nice. I was working at a few yoga studios, and I started teaching at Barry's Boot Camp. Um, I had a few clients that I was working with, so it was it was a, a really cool experience in that aspect. Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. It was. Different view of Miami than I've had before in the past. Because right. when I was there before in the past, it was like, ah, oh, you just go out for a weekend or just a little trip. Uh, so actually, like, being immersed in the city right. for Living four months, there. you definitely get a different feel. You have to, you know, make a home out of it and right. find friends and a new kind of uh, atmosphere dynamic with that. Did you see Ricky Martin? Does he live there? Uh, Who lives there? I did, a tu- I, I, I did a tour and it went by it went by his house and Gloria Svon's house. That's awesome. Um, so yeah, there's a, there's a lot of uh, a lot of celebrities have houses out there. I, I never ran into any actually. Any of them? But not, not like here in Los Angeles. Um, but it was yeah, it was a, it was it was a good time. Talk to me about how you first got into yoga because you started more in the personal training. Yeah. That kind of thing and then kind of transitioned. Uh, yoga was something that I did once I moved to Los Angeles. It seems like everybody was kind of like doing yoga. And I was a personal trainer at a, a gym here called Equinox. And uh, I remember everyone just going on yoga and I was like, oh, okay, like, I'll give it a shot. I've right. done it before and I hated it. It was not for me. boring. Yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. for me. It's, you know, I did it when I, I'm from Reno. Right. So I did it in Reno at like a 24 hour fitness one time. And I think I was probably 17. Right. Um, and I just, I couldn't, it was just, it was too slow. The music was boring. The instructors just, I just, I couldn't do any of it. So I remember I left that class and then I didn't go back until uh, I started yoga again here in Los Angeles. Right. So I adventured into a class uh, just because I was like, all right, let's just let's give it a shot. I'm going to commit to a month 
and just see what happens. Right. Like whether I'm I hate give, it, I'm going to give this a not, real chance. I'm going to do it a month and just right. and just see. Um, at the time, I was uh, I was very fit, like a personal trainer. Like all I would do is I lift weights, and I would do it like five days a week. But my body, uh, even though it may have physically been. Uh, I don't know. It was physically very yeah, you had healthy. Muscles. Yeah, yeah. I, I just had no motion to it. Like flexibility. It, nothing. Like I couldn't. I had a hard time like taking my hands and bringing them by my back. I couldn't raise my arms completely over my head. Like I couldn't reach down and touch my my toes. Like I definitely was not flexible whatsoever. Uh, very different than than now. <laughs> uh, but I remember going into my first yoga class, and I'll never forget it. I put my mat down next to this. This older, this older lady who looked like she may have just been like an old retired ballerina. Right. Um, and I was like, okay, like this like lady's doing it. It will be fine. So I sat next to her and she was the most graceful, beautiful, like moving thing of grace throughout the class. It's like everything we we're doing, she was just flowing through it like she was like dancing as I'm next to her, like struggling, shaking, sweating. And she's just looking there like it's the easiest thing in the world. Like she's got all the answers in the universe. Yeah, and I fucking hated her. <laughs> <laughs> I really did. Like at first, I, I was like, like, I want to like, fall off that What a nice looking lady. Like, yeah. And then like, oh, so sweet. Class, she's she's still keeping class, it together. Just, like I felt like throughout the entire class, I just I hated her more and more. Um, <laughs> which is interesting because that was my yoga for a while. Right, it right, was, right. It would bring up all of these uh, competitive. Oh, he's like pissed off anger emotions that I was holding inside of me. I, right. I didn't realize how angry I, I was. And uh, that was the first bit of emotion that started to arise from yoga. And, and at the time, I didn't, I didn't really think of it as like, oh, yoga's bringing this out. Right. It was just like, no, that, it, that the, stupid that lady next to me is what's bringing it out. Yeah. Um, that poor lady, that nice, sweet lady who's, yeah. who's amazing, uh, I'm assuming. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was it, it. Started stirring up my own my own shit, right? Is what I call it. And again, at the time, I didn't realize that it was it was from that. I just you know figured it was just like oh, okay. But yoga has this thing, like it really takes whatever you have going on and it, and it brings it to surface. And I think it's so amazing. And and it makes you deal with it. And at first, it was it was hard because I had a lot of I had a lot of stuff I was holding on to, a lot of uh, fears and anger and uh sadness and just like some inner issues that uh, that i was dealing with that just started like coming out and i was like what is this with this yoga thing and this is and during then, that first month when you're giving yeah, the yeah 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 um and then through that process i remember i had a moment that completely empowered me and it was it was uh i think we were doing we were doing crow pose and crow pose is an arm balance, so you're basically balancing your body on your on your arms. If anybody that doesn't know what that is, um, and I remember a few times during class, I would come in and I would try to do it. And I was just like, ah, this pose is impossible. And then I just started like kind of like looking around, um, watching other people do it. And then I kept on trying and trying and trying. And then one class, I was able to get into it. And that moment that I got into it, my feet were off the floor. I found that perfect balance where I was just balancing on my arms. It completely shifted everything in my entire life. It was a huge perspective change. And I realized in that moment that anything is possible, that the impossible can become possible. And it was like, it was that, that was sudden, boom. everything, everything. And then from there, it was like a huge love affair. I'm into this. It was a, a huge empowering moment because if something that started off so impossible in a yoga class became possible, then anything could be possible in my mindset. Um, and that moment changed my entire life. Right. I've always known you through yoga, so you've always seemed like somebody that 
was in touch with their feelings or thinking about things, you know, like sort of thoughtful about life in that way. So I can't imagine you <laughs> free that. I can't imagine. Um, yeah, what you no, like definitely. Being... I was, I, I was uh, I, you know, I guess I was 25 at the time, so I was yeah. like young, naive. I thought I was. I thought I knew everything, and then right. yoga started bringing up like, dude, you know nothing. Like, right. <laughs> and like, what do you know at twenty five? Right. Um, now, I I will definitely say I've I've done a whole lot of work on myself. I right. continue to, and that will always be a part of the practice. My shit still comes up all the time, right? Um, but I'm able to tune in a whole lot easier than I used to. I can drop into the moment when I'm teaching. It's I drop right in, and right. it's like yeah, like I can be empowering and, and own this. But it doesn't mean that times throughout my life that I'm not, like, boo-hoo or, or sad or down on myself again. But the difference, I will say now, is I notice it a whole lot quicker. Right. I'm able to notice these, these moments faster because I've, I have in, uh, an increased awareness in a way because of yoga. Yoga's taught me this increased awareness. Checking right. with yourself, checking with your feelings, what's going on, what message does it have. And you can be aware of these thoughts that you're having in your in your mind and the way that you treat yourself, and then you can decide to fucking step up and change it if needed. Right. Um, you have and yoga yoga taught me that, like it yeah. did, because before it's just I had these voices in my head, and they were just like, "You suck, you're terrible, like you're a bad person." <laughs> like you everything really hard was on so so negative, so negative for such a Why long time. Why were you so hard on yourself? Uh, Honestly, I'm gonna. I want to say it's growing up. Like that yeah. was the language that I that I learned. Right. I had a. Uh, I have. I have an older brother. But as we were growing up, these. This is how he talked to me. It was always just kind of this right. like negative. Like you suck. You're not good enough. Uh, you know the word that was always in my head was like you're a pussy. Like that was his favorite thing to call me ever. Um, Your older brother. Yeah, yeah. So it was All just right. like you're a pussy. So. Uh, Sorry if I'm not supposed to say no, that. No, you I don't can know. totally I don't say know that. The language is here. <laughs> uh, yeah, but he good. would. That's the way he would treat me. And then through yoga, I remember I was I was I was laying there in Shavasana. And I started hearing these words in my head and how I treat myself. And I had a moment where I was like, "Hey, what would it be like if you actually treated yourself like a friend? Like, what would this conversation be? How would this conversation be different?" Right. And that was another, like, change of perspective. Like, these huge change of perspectives happen in my life uh, in a yoga class. Yeah. Most of them. And it's, like, a complete, like, change of my life. And I realized that these conversations that I was having, the voice that was there is actually my brother's voice. Like, it was yeah. it was this kind of, like, repeat of, like, you know, this it's is like what he would say. It's like that we have. I yeah. Think we all so have it's like, those, it's, like, it was interesting. tracks in our head that I play. remember I had this conversation. Like, I actually had a conversation with him in my head being like, dude, like, why are you talking to me like this? Like, what's like, what's the, like, what's the point? What, like, what are you trying to get out of this? And uh, I don't know. This may sound a bit like woo woo or whatever. But we love like, woo woo on this right? podcast. Okay, good. <laughs> uh, my brother's response in that moment was, you know, because I've said it to you, it has motivated you to push harder, to be right. stronger. And I was like, okay, like. That was the first time I was able to understand that. I was like, okay, and like I can hear that. Yes, right. Like, in that's a way, where he was coming from. In a way, it has friggin' driven me. Like it has right. made me a stronger man. Uh, it has made me uh, determined, and it kind of gives me this go. Right. But then I, I told him in that moment, for now on, that's not the way to, to motivate me. It's not the way to inspire me, because even though you may be uh, giving me this kind of extra drive to do stuff. I want to be driven through motivation and I want 
the conversation to be more uplifting. Positive. So for now on, you're going to be talking to me like, yeah. you got this. You're awesome. Like, keep it yeah. going. Um, and that was a that was a huge moment. Yeah, and we're, giving, also, we're, we're giving pussy a rest. It was right. Give pussy a rest. Give pussy um, a rest could be the title of this episode. Also, I, I feel like the, the biggest thing was I was able to have a healing with my brother without actually, you know, physically talking to him, and it gave me a. a so a, did a, you did you literally have this conversation respect. with him? No, it was a conversation I had with him in my head, in my mind. While you it were was on like, the, it on the gave map. me this like. It gave me this inner healing, um, Which, and, I, and, I've, and I've tried talking to my brother since then and stuff like that. It just hasn't been anything that we've been able to connect with, and that's and that's okay too. We're in different places and uh, different paths. And but you were able to, to do it for yourself, which for is sure. Huge. And I have a greater, yeah. I have a love for my brother that I've, I don't feel like I've ever experienced before. Right. And it's uh, it's nice. I've never respected right. him before, but like before these kind of moments right. these conversations that I've had with him that were in my head which They're totally in your head which is how which far is apart it's were like you in reality. Uh, four years four years right so you you looked up to him he was the, up ahead of you and all yeah that. yeah like he was like the wrestling star and right like just this this guy who got all this attention even my my I remember my my uh, like my close friends were always like oh you're like you're Jason Faree's little brother. Like it yeah. was like that was the thing. That's like was my identity to a lot of people. Um, so yeah, it was it was interesting. Like he had a big shadow. He, he yeah. had a big yeah uh, yeah thing in 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 Reno. Yeah yeah. Um, what's it like for for a lot of people in their life, their busy life? They go to yoga as a sort of refresh or whatever. But when it's also your job, how does it sort of um, where do you get your what, what, what we all get from class, do you get that sometimes from teaching or do you find other ways to get it or how does it I, work when it's your job? I feel like I get so much more. <laughs> I can't imagine people getting as much as I get out of teaching. Like it's, I am almost moved to tears so many times when I teach just because I, I, I don't know. It's a time that I'm really able to step in and be fully present in the moment and to fully notice. Uh, in a lot of ways, I feel like teaching is, is my own healing Right. Um, and whatever I say on the mat when I'm teaching is it's all stuff that's going on in my head. There's no, there's no filter. And I feel like in life, we, a lot of times we're like filtering things or something like that. But like when I'm teaching, I feel like it's so like, you're so fully present in the moment that whatever comes up inside your head is just automatically just like comes out of your mouth. And when we're able to find that kind of flow or that kind of, uh, uh that, that, that movement, that connection, Stuff just gets produced that you don't even know where it came from. Like all of a sudden it's like, oh, let's let's try this move or let's yeah. do this flow. Or all of a sudden you'll say something and you're just like, what? how did I even come up with that quote? Like yeah. it's, I don't know. And it's really, so you feel uh, like you're for really me, in the zone. It, it moves me and I get yeah. to be fully, yeah, I'm fully in the zone. And I feel like as I'm able to go there, it also helps lead other people there. Yeah, absolutely. And to be able to see... Uh, from an outside view of people connecting to the rhythm of their body or the, the flow or, or the moment fully or whatever you want to call it is such a it's such a beautiful a beautiful yeah. thing to see. And then there's a bit of a domino effect that happens. Like you got one person that connects to it and the other person next to them kind of feels it a little bit and they start going with it and it becomes this beautiful moving dance. Like, right. It's, ah, love it. Love it. I love the way you talk about yoga and the way you... There's no sort of like... You're not trying to... 
seem macho or anything like that. You're very touchy-feely about it. Yoga's so macho. No, right, but, you're, but you are. <laughs> but it, it doesn't sound like you grew up in, an, in a world where touchy-feely was kind of no, okay. Yoga, so yoga opened me up to all that, man. Right. Like, it's really like yoga just kept on like releasing layers and releasing layers, and it still continues to completely <laughs> release layers. Right. And uh, it helps me deal with anything that's going on in my life. Like... Um, I don't know any struggle that I have now. It's like I always try to like look at it through a yoga angle, like yeah. what's actually happening here and why is this lesson popping up and what can I learn from it. And so it's it's uh, helped me lead my life in a in a more positive way, in a more helpful way. Like I'm yeah. not like down talking myself like I used right. to. It still comes up, like I said. Yeah, I remember but it's one of your like classes. One of your classes, you were talking kind of about these themes, and you were said, you know, if a friend of you said those things to you that you say to yourself, we would never. We wouldn't be friends with them anymore. Never. No. But we can do it to ourselves all the time. And why is that okay? Like, I don't know. Uh, why do we think that's okay? Yeah. It's going to be okay until you stand up for yourself. Right. And then when you stand up for yourself, you empower yourself and you become, you become so much greater. Right. I remember I had not been taking your class that long on the roof and I, uh, the fashion police strike was about to happen. You know, I went on this, I was yeah. part of this fashion it was incredibly traumatic, and it it was really the fallout was big, and it was a big deal. But I remember it was about to happen. I knew it was going to happen in like two or three days, and I went to your class to kind of like try to like okay, I'm just going to manage this anxiety and this stress and this fear and all this stuff. And the class was such a gift in that way. But I got there, and and you came over and you were checking in with everybody, and I was like, how are you doing? And how are you doing? And you had just lost a very good friend. Mm. <laughs> Do you remember this? Uh, yeah, of course. And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry that happened. And it sort of gave me a little bit of perspective of like, okay, this will, you know, this is, in the grand scheme of things, this will be okay. And then yeah. then the strike happened, and the, and the week later you did a special class in honor of your friend. And I had all of this pent-up fear and sadness and anger. I hadn't shed a tear over the whole thing. And it was really intense, like, you know, with relationships and money and fear and all of this stuff. And, and I'm not somebody that has ever really stood up for himself, and I did, and what that was like and how it felt anyway. And at the end of the class, this friend of yours got up and sang Somewhere Over the Rainbow. Do you remember this? Of course. No. <laughs> and I, we were all laying down in Shavasana, oh, looking up into the sky, <laughs> and I fell apart. And I thought... It was such a gift to A, to be able to do it. It was such a beautiful moment. And I, you know, it was so, I felt so sad for your, fr- for your friend and that, and, and, and that loss. And something about the beauty of that. And I can't imagine what anyone walking around, like, I don't know if you were on the map where you were, but I, like, I mean, the, talk about the ugly cry. And it was so beautiful. And I was just always, like, one of the most powerful uh, memories that I had. And my friend John was there. And he was really sweet with me afterwards and stuff. But anyway, I think you probably see people go through stuff yeah. in front of you. And what is that like? Um, gosh. Because you, you know, see the physical well, and you that see... That class was definitely that was like, That was an extreme that was like, example. That was one of my best friends. Yeah. And, and I... And uh, to be able to... To go up and teach a class and honor... Of somebody you've just lost, like literally, like a few weeks earlier, uh, was a whole different kind of experience, and I and I didn't want it to be, I didn't want it to be sad. 
I didn't want it to be this this sad uh, this sad class of a memory of somebody who who left us way too early. Uh, I wanted it to be this this celebration of of the life that he that he led, um, the difference that he made in my life and other people's lives, um, and I really wanted it to be something that was able to. Uh, give back. So it was it was a charity class, and you know the money went to help raise funds for his memorial. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that was really beautiful. And then like all the music that I had were all like song like were all songs that like uh, that meant something between him and I. Like they right. all had everyone had a message uh, that in some way was an inspiration of of his friendship for me, uh, our friendship together. And uh, I don't know, it was kind of a uh, one of those moments that maybe I wasn't fully like even in my body like it was right. just like the class just kind of like happened right. it was um, all so sudden I remember and not like being sad like it was I don't know it was interesting and it was very sad my, uh, he died of uh, meningitis so yeah. but it was like uh, that it was I literally got a call uh, from a friend like it was uh, I don't know like 4 o'clock in the morning one day and he was like hey you need to you need to come to the hospital um uh, Brett's in the hospital. It doesn't look very good. Like, come. And I, I remember I I went there. And we basically had three days in the hospital with uh, with him. And then they decided that they were going to, you know, uh, kind of, like, stop things. Um, and I will say, like, that experience was um, very powerful for me. Um, it was the first time that I ever had anybody that close to me die. Um but it was also like given it has given me uh, this uh this appreciation and this uh gratitude towards towards life and towards him um i was uh lucky enough to be able to give the eulogy at his uh at his memorial that we had here and and um one thing i can say is his memory like he was somebody that was so different like he was just he was just, just like kind of just like oddball he would say the strangest things he would do the strangest things and thank goodness for that because i have so many memories so many, so many memories of him. he was just so quirky that just like like no one else would say anything like that so he's he has given me a lifetime of memories and like every time i think about him now it, it, like it makes me happy like yeah. i don't necessarily get sad like it was a little weird when you brought it up and i was like oh shoot i wasn't really expecting that i but know like, I, I i actually like talking about it like it's it's something that, like, I'll happily talk about because he has helped me change perspective on everything. And I, and I will always have him in my memory as this just being this, like, he was very young. I think he was, like, 32. Yeah. Like, and, and what was his name? Beautiful man, Brett. Um, and so, like, he will always be young and beautiful in my vision and just somebody who was so quirky and just, like, gave me so many memories that will last a lifetime. And I will say that... Uh, being able to get a call to come and see somebody because they're leaving is a gift. Like, versus if you just all of a sudden hear that somebody has left. Like, but being able to be there and, and in a way, like, see them transition or, like, say your goodbyes, like, it really was, it really was a beautiful gift. And I will say that, like, uh, death has a way of bringing people together, too. Like, it, it definitely, uh, everybody that was there at the hospital, like, I will always have a special like memory of them in my mind um and we formed a bond like a deeper bond because of it so i will like say that was a blessing 
Um, all right, but to get back to your original, well, no, to get back I, to I your original want, question, this is not long. I haven't been taking your class that long, yeah. maybe a month or two, uh-huh. and and it just happened to come at a time when oh, I was yeah. going through a lot, and and the beauty of it, the beauty, you know, all the different emotions. Well, it came from such a pure, like authentic, beautiful place, and like it's, it's, I, it, it meant. lot yeah so mm. anyway it's uh interesting to hear from a viewpoint of someone then that wasn't like, it was like you didn't know like, i you didn't, didn't know, know the like, story i never him, met him you, know, you just you you came but, out there but the beauty of all and of so it. it's 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 really amazing to to see that different perspective because I, I honestly i don't feel like i've i've uh heard that from anybody before so i know death makes people uncomfortable and people have a hard time talking about it so it's it's uh, it's something that I haven't heard from anybody, so thank you, thank you for sharing that. And it's neat that it that it did also affect you being there yeah. You like I'll know. always remember that yeah experience. Oh, interesting. Anyway, but yeah, seeing people get emotional on the mat. But you see, uh, I think you see it happens. It happens all the time. You don't just see their bodies. You see their there's something about it that their souls are. Yeah, there's a shift. There's something, Seems, um, and you're like, oh, somebody's going through it today, and I love it. I think it's beautiful if somebody's, somebody's really able struggling. to have the. Po- I think showing that or being able to release something is a power. So it's when anybody is releasing uh, something throughout their, their their body, whether it's they get sad in class or they start crying or they get moved in a certain way. Like it's, I see that as they are strong enough right now in this position that they're able to release it. It's a yeah. strength. It's a strength. You can let it go. Like, they're letting it go, and it's a powerful thing. And it's interesting, people, because people will try to, like, no, no, I can't. I have to, like, push it back down. And it's, like, it's coming It's coming up because it's ready right. to be released. Yeah. And it's just, like, remind yourself that you have that power to let it go. And a beautiful thing that ends up happening when you let it go, you, you take back your power, for one. Uh, so it's empowering. But at the same time, it could possibly empower somebody else to... To release as well, right. and you'll see that sometimes it will be a bit of a domino effect in a in a class oh, where sure. the person next to you is crying, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, like if they're able to release that, I can be strong enough to release it as well. Right. Um, so it's I think it's beautiful. Right, and you see it happen in front of you. That must be really kind of cool. I, it's very special. Yeah. 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 Um, what was it like for your body to start to change? Because if you were sort of really in good shape but it's a different kind of thing did it happen quickly or were you like holy shit um, I can do this with my leg now I wouldn't say like physically it necessarily like maybe I just didn't notice that it's changed right. a lot physically uh, or what you were obviously, able to like, do. things have changed because I'm like you know I'm getting older and whatnot, so it's like things just change a little bit right uh, but I will say that I am the most like mobile I've ever been I'm very flexible I feel very healthy I've never been so uh, so proud of my body Right. Like, of what it can do. Like, it's... I'd much rather take this aspect that I'm in now versus... Because I used to do bodybuilding competitions where it was just, like, you were just muscle and just, right. like, lean muscle. And I remember doing that and I just was never happy. Like, I always thought I didn't look good and blah, blah, blah. It's like, really? Like, shut the fuck up. Like, you look fine. Would you do the but poses like, and everything? But, like, yeah, yeah. It'd be, like, a flexing a flexing thing. It was of course. A, a weird, uh, different lifetime, it seems like. Uh, but now it's, like... I move a lot easier. Like, right. it's easy to, like, get around my day. I'm very, uh, move, I 
just stuff that was like for some reason a struggle at one point of just like something as simple as like bending over tight your shoes or taking right. off your shirt. Like it's it's such a silly thing to like be like, oh like that wasn't so easy. But it's like like now it's just it's silly to think that that was a challenge at the time. But uh, no, now I'm just it's like I can move through anything and I can. Uh, I don't know. It's giving me this this higher confidence in a way. Yeah, like your body's like on the same like it Actually, you like you can utilize the body. It's not just right. this aesthetic thing. Right. You know, it's something that's much more than that. Um, I follow you on Instagram, and you you do cool poses in cool places. Yeah. <laughs> and they're really beautiful photos and stuff. Where's the weirdest, most precarious place you've ever? You know, have you ever thought? I really want to get this shot, but I'm afraid I might fall off of the hill or whatever. Uh, Have you ever done anything you know that what? was like, okay, this I, is a little... I, I, I will say that, like, if I'm on a mat, like, and I've done a handstand several times, like, it's like, oh, yeah, like, it's like, I can do a handstand. Right, like, right, It's right. like, it's, at some point, it feels like you're just doing, like, a, like any pose. It's just right. like, handstand just becomes something that's so comfortable. But I do remember I was at the Grand Canyon, and... This was actually this was like last year. I went to the Grand Canyon and I was like, "Oh, like it would be really awesome to do a hand clef, uh, a hand cliff, a uh, handstand here on this on this cliff." <laughs> and I was like, "It's fine. Like I'm very stable." Yeah, I know this. I've done a handstand. Nice. It's fine. Like I feel very comfortable. I don't feel like it's uh, like anything I should be worried about. Right. But I do remember getting onto that cliff and just being like, "Oh wait, like something, oh, shit. something's definitely different right <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. It's not the same. It's not the same thing. Like all of a right. sudden you have." It wasn't just like the cliff in front of you, but if like if you looked around, it was like I had like a three like it looked kind of like a three hundred sixty degree death sentence all around you in a way. If right. Something like if something little happened, um, and I I don't think I've ever experienced that that fear so much before with doing uh, with doing yoga in, in weird places. But it was definitely that was that was definitely a moment where I was like, okay, like let's be responsible. Like you need to be more grounded. So it was like I. Instead of doing a handstand, like I was, I did stuff that my body was actually firmly planted on right. the floor. Like, so I just felt like it was more, it gave me more support. Um, even though it's like, I've been doing handstands for years and years now. And it's right. like something that, that, you know, I feel very comfortable doing. Um, but yeah, there definitely something was, about in that there moment, definitely was, was like, a difference I, where I was just like, you know what, like, is it worth the handstand? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like what, like you never know what can yeah. happen. So it's like, don't yeah. be irresponsible with life. Yeah, no. What a beautiful place. But most places, like, that I've been in, I've been able to do stuff. Like, it's... Sometimes the photos look like they're scarier than they are. Than they but, are. like, they're I really felt cool. very comfortable in every pose that I've done on, you know, that I've taken a photo with. Like, it's... I'm not irresponsible with my life, but I, I, I definitely do like to... But they're fun. There's, like, a, there's a... It's a creative thing. It's and like it's, a creative it's, thing. It's, it's a like, way for me to be creative. And yeah. then also... I, and also celebrate yoga in the world. There's well, I also look it. at different places that I'm at and, like... I see yoga in things. Like I see yoga in places that I'm at. It's like I find so much beauty in a yoga pose, and I and I and I want it to be captured with the beauty that's that's out there as well. So it's yeah. like I love being uh, at the ocean, or or when I travel, I love finding exotic places, and I yeah. love like practicing yoga on the beach and being able to you know show this beautiful view that's around me, but then also show an inspiring yoga pose so it inspires yeah. me it inspires me to do it like the poses I do are just like oh like I feel like this pose would just make like look nice no it's like what captures in my mind what captures this moment more fully right what, yeah. what, what does this place evoke yeah uh, in terms of that vocabulary when I travel I love to try to take a yoga class 
And so I'm on the mailing list of all... I'm on a mailing list of a studio in Dubai. <laughs> and I, I like keeping my name on them. I don't know why. I, like, I don't mind that getting all those emails because it reminds me of something yeah. that I enjoyed. That's cool. Yeah. Where's the weirdest place you've done yoga? Uh, weirdest. I did paddleboard yoga in in uh, St. Thomas. That was really cool. That's cool. I've done that a few times. It's I, fun. I think one that was, that was actually kind of an interesting one is I took a yoga class in Paris... And not that it was weird to do a class in Paris or the place I was at. It's just they were speaking French, and I don't yeah. know any French at all. Right. So I was like, oh, like this would be actually really interesting to go to a class and not understand a single word that the person's saying and just see what happens. And uh, I will say that it was amazing once you're able to like get in the flow of things that I didn't need. I didn't need to hear a single word the teacher said, and I was still able to follow, follow this flow. Um, but it was like connecting to the moment... And obviously, I'm still able to like look around and like check out see what other people are doing. But it was like I was still like connecting to the breath and still moving with the breath and still keeping up fine with the class. And so it was uh, that was really interesting. And that has actually happened in a bit full circle. There's uh, a student who uh, takes my class at Aura, and he's deaf. And it's really cool to see him in class because. I don't think anybody in class whatsoever has any idea would know. that he is. They wouldn't know at all. Um, and he has an amazing, beautiful practice. He's still connected to the flow. He's still able to completely stay present with the class and, like, do all the poses. And my class moves pretty quick sometimes. Like, it's, like, usually, like, you're doing a pose on every breath you take. So it's, like, right. there's a lot of movement that's happening. And yet he can't hear any of it but can completely stay in the flow of the entire class. And I think it's the most beautiful, inspiring thing every time he's in class. It, it moves Did you me. Know and I want to announce it to everybody because I'm yeah. like, you guys need to see what magic is happening here. Right. But I never, like, I never do. I feel like that may be like, disrespectful or whatever. But uh, it's so beautiful to see this guy connect and move. And, and people around him have no idea. Did you know when he first came? Or how did you find out? Did he tell uh, you? He... I think the instructor, or not the instructor, the front desk person said, hey, just let you know there's somebody uh, in class who's deaf. And I was like, okay, that will be interesting. Let's see right. how, it, how it goes. Right. Um, and so I just kind of like did my thing, and I kept an eye on him to case, and I had to come over there and like know that I wasn't going to be like, hey, you, do that. So right, I had right, to right. Like, show him in a different way, which was, which was fine. And it turned out I didn't even need to because he was like so on it, which is... Every time I think about that, it always moves me. Well, it I think just it's tells such a beautiful you that it's thing. about connecting to something deeper than one sense. It's sort yeah. of a whole. Yeah, it's what thing. can you open yeah. up fully? Ah, What's your gorgeous. favorite pose? Uh, handstand. Handstand? Uh, and I would say that because uh, of how long it actually took me to be able to, to be do able it. To do it. it. Like, right. I, remember I was going to say, I don't I like remember that the practice, like, it, it. Took, <laughs> it took me, I felt like it took forever. Like, I felt like it was impossible. It took so long. Um, and I practiced it. Every single day for a whole year. Every day. And I would bring it into the gym. I would, uh, like, I did this thing where it's, like, I still had my, like, weight routine, you know, throughout the gym. But between every single set, I would work on my handstands. And I'd work on different tools and different ways to do it and just trying to fill my body out in different ways. And then eventually it just started, it started happening and started progressing. And it's just like, every time I'm in a handstand now, it's like, I have this deeper appreciation of right, what's, I didn't of what's, to be of able what's to do this. going on. And yeah. it's... And it is a reminder, again, once again, that the impossible can become possible. Right. And to be able to notice your body getting stronger, more stable, and then so comfortable in it, like, it's just like, ah, like, 
I'm just hanging out. Like, yeah. it's no big deal. But it also handstands through this incredible thing of changing perspective as well. Like, you're upside down. You have a different perspective. You have a different view of what's going on in the world. Right. Um, what's going in, on in life right now and stuff starts to pop up based off of that. So it's, it's I think it's pretty awesome. Yeah. I'm a big fan of uh, Warrior 2. Yeah. I don't know. I just like the way it feels. Like, you're in the Hunger Games and you're going to shoot mm. a bow and arrow or something. <laughs> just something in the way about the way yeah. it feels. I didn't used to like Crescent, but now I love it. Because I feel okay, more okay. stable in it. And Happy Baby's very relaxing and cool. I like yeah. that. Uh, Crow I like. Crow's a good one. Yeah. So Crow is usually question. people's first uh, arm balance that they learn. Yeah. It's usually Crow. And there's some ones that, like, that one came not that hard to me. And then there's yeah. others that I, you it's know, still, yeah, I can't do. I put, there's full, plenty of poses. I put full wheel on my dream board every year. <laughs> I never get it. Um, Keep practicing. Yeah. What, what's your least favorite pose? Um... Hmm. Well, full wheel's the one that I the, that, the one that, that big fish most. that I can't catch. But yeah. I don't. I I, uh, I don't know. Which, do you have a least favorite? Uh, not so much anymore. But I remember for the longest time I hated Warrior One. That Warrior I One. Don't it was because so, it's a little. It so it's a little uncomfortable. It was hard for me to square off the hips. It was yes, hard for me to find an internal rotation of the back thigh. Yeah. Like it was just like such an uncomfortable position. Uh, for the longest time, and so that was that was definitely one that I that I didn't like for a bit. But that's that's what you, you need. More like piece. now, I don't have any like hate behind any pose that I can't do, or right. any hate in general. Right. Uh, really, uh, I just look at it as like oh, a different lesson. Or I also have this like deeper faith in some of the poses that like just knowing that like oh, it's okay if this pose actually takes me ten years, or maybe this pose because I can't do it right now. It just means that in fifteen years I'll be able to. So it's like some poses. Are like that. Like I right. remember this, this one pose. It's called Vishva Vishrasana, but it's just this full extension throughout the upper body. You're reaching, you're grabbing onto your front foot, and you're extending that leg forward. So you're basically just balancing on one hand and the back leg, and you're holding onto the other foot, right. that's like over your head, kind of. And that pose literally took me like seven years to be able to do. Right. And it was one of those ones. Was like, ah, oh, I won't be able to do this. And it's like, no, no, no. Like, dude, like just keep trying. And then like one day you're able to do it. And it's like, oh my gosh, like it actually needed the seven years of practice right. to be able to do it. It was, I would, it was unlocking different things and different connections. So it's like, it just amazes me. And but you have incredible discipline though, to keep doing that every day to try it. Uh, and, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like yeah. it's just like yoga just fascinates me now. Like, it's, right. uh, like I said, I've been doing it now for, I don't even know if I said, but I've been doing it since I was 25. So that's been, uh, almost 13 years now. Right. And it still amazes me that the more I learn and the more I know about it, the real the more I realize that I know nothing about it. Like I'm still always just like learning. I feel like it's the practice is is called a practice for a reason. Like there's always this continual exploration of all of it, whether it's the physical aspect, mental aspect, emotional aspect. Uh, but you're always just kind of like exploring that, and I right. think it's so it's so beautiful, and that's why I'm an explorer now. Like I'm always exploring everything. Right. Like whether it's what's going on right now here at the house or what's going on in LA or what's going on in this other part of the country. How can right. I explore that? Um, yeah. So I feel like that's what expands us. When you first started, was it hard to learn all the words? 
the the, the, uh, the Sanskrit, yeah. Yeah, 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 and it's still a struggle. <laughs> it's still a struggle. Some, like, there's some there's so times where somebody, like, you will say something, or somebody will say a thing, and I'm like, I should know what that uh, is. I've been doing this a few years. I have no idea what that is. Yeah, I but, you know, yeah. as an instructor, I feel like sometimes it's better to explain the movement, right? How to get into it properly versus just yelling yelling out Sanskrit, yeah, uh, or even just like the English version. If I ever use Sanskrit, I always like repeat English version after that. Yeah. Uh, we were talking a, a few months ago uh, after class about a, another trip that you took, and you did something that I've always wanted to do, uh, which is the ayahuasca. Ah. Yeah. Ayahuasca. Were you, in, were you in South America? So I did ayahuasca on a, a yoga retreat um, when I went down for my 500-hour yoga retreat in Peru. And it was intense. Like, it was a whole, it's like, a, it was a, a whole, like, 30... A uh, 30-day program this retreat because it was it was yoga, uh, Ayurvedic studies. Um, I don't even then, know what that is. And then uh, plant medicines. Okay. Uh, Ayurvedic studies basically like the study of the body. Um, in Ayurvedic, they believe that you have three different doshas or uh, different kind of like senses throughout the body. So we teach you about that and what's the best for what kind of person you are, what kind of food you need to eat, what kind of environment. So it's it's very interesting Ayurvedic. Um, but. The other aspect of the retreat was was shamanism. Wow! And so every week we would experiment uh, with a different kind of plant medicine, and it was uh, amazing. Like the last the last week was it was like all right, we're now ready to do ayahuasca. We're able to do like yeah, we've the, worked our way. We're up. able to do the big thing, and we basically had a whole month of of hardcore training. So it was like we were doing yoga. Uh, you know, two to three times a day. We were meditating every day. We were on a very strict diet. Um, and we were just releasing and releasing all these walls. We we're basically in class every day from 6 a.m. till 7 p.m. So it was like, it was a very intense program. And then on top of that, it was like, all right, now we're going to do ayahuasca, um, which ayahuasca is a plant medicine that, you know, you digest it, you, you drink it. Um, it is definitely 100% not like a recreational kind of drug. <laughs> right. Like you wouldn't want to take it and be like, dude, let's like, let's yeah, go to a party. Yeah, let's go to the white like, party. No, you're taking yeah. it and you're going to be working on a whole lot of issues because that's what pops up. Shit um, comes up big we time. We did it big time. Uh, we did it in a room um, led by a few shamans. And there was, 15, uh, there was 15 of us that were here on the retreat. Uh, you do this bit of a ritual, this kind of like honoring of... Of the medicine, and we call it a medicine because uh, literally, if it's like you're taking a medicine, and it's you, you just do this whole exploration of what's happening from the inside. Everybody's experience is a little bit is definitely very different depending on what's going on with you and where you're at. Uh, my experience this time around, or that time around, I've done it twice now, but that time around, the experience was all about uh, releasing my past, letting go of some of the hangups that I have. Uh, which included some, you know, brother issues that we right. talked about in the past. But it was being able to let go of, of that, uh, a, able to let go of uh, insecurities I had about being gay, uh, which I didn't even realize that I still had at the time. But it was like it was bringing up all this stuff and showing you a different reason behind it and being able to let it go. And I feel like everything that popped up, it was as easy to let go as if you were just like pushing a crumb off a plate. Like, it was just like you were looking at everything as whole. It was like, ah, it's nothing. Get rid of it. It right. was like every concern. But, it, but they appeared in a way that was clear. Like, you knew what they oh, were. Oh, very clear. You very, recognized it was, them. it was very clear and very much not a big deal. Like, right. oh, you're worried about that? Who cares? Let it go. And right. I was like, oh, okay. I guess I'll just let it go. Like, it seemed like it was that easy. Right. Um, 
And the experience lasted, I gosh, I don't even know, maybe like four hours, four to six hours, I'm thinking. Um, and it was basically like all my stuff just started coming up. And it was like, no, let's get rid of that. Let's get rid and of that. everyone's in a room together. Everyone's in a room together, but you're very much on your own. Like it's your right. own experience. You're just doing your thing. Um, but I will say, I like my analogy for it is like you're cleaning, you're cleaning a slate. You got a fresh, clean slate. It's like I took an eraser and just like, ah, oh, don't want that, don't want that. Let's get rid of that. And I remember I left after, and I was just like, I have never felt so free, so pure. And I just let go of anything that I had, and it was that simple. It's that simple to let it go. It's just like, all right, bye, and it was gone. <laughs> and, it was, and it was gone. Um, and did it, did and it then, stay that way? Uh, I'll get to that in a second. But okay. like the next day, they're like, oh, we can do ayahuasca again. And like people were all about it. And I was like, you know what? Like, why? Like, I'm already like, whoo, like I'm yeah. clean. I'm good. There's like nothing, nothing else has stuck to me. Like I, I found the purpose that I needed right. at this moment. I, I, don't, I don't need to push it. I felt yeah. like if I was going to do it again, it was just to explore like a different realm. Because it's like yeah. you really kind of just like feel like you're leaving this planet um but it was it was really fascinating and i and i definitely will say that like stuff will like it's still like stuff does come up every once in a while and like yeah you're gonna like you got a blank board a blank writing board you're gonna eventually get it right. dirty again right um so i have told myself that once a year um i'm gonna do ayahuasca and uh so it was two years ago that i did my first one and then i did my second one last year uh for my birthday which is october so i'm gonna do it again would you do it here uh this time i did it i did it here i did it um someplace else i don't don't know if it's supposed to be said or anything right but but but, but i wasn't in peru right um so i did it here and it definitely the experience was so much different because it was very uh it was nothing to do with the past it was all about at the time i had some like body issues uh some injuries that i was working through um so when I went on the ayahuasca this time, it was like my body was just like kind of like moving and doing these weird things. And it was like it was working out some of these things uh, through my body, which which gave me this, uh, I don't know, this message throughout the process that like you can heal with movement. You can heal with movement. It's like explore the body, explore the movement. And a lot of times it's going to start to uh, to heal you in a way. And after that session, it was, it was really amazing because the whole time, like, I was just, like, I was, like, moving. My shoulders were kind of, like, moving around, my arms, like, my, my head, my neck. And that's where I had a lot of issues going on at the time. And when I got done, it was, like, a lot of that was, was, was gone, which, was, which I find fascinating. Um, but every time during the process of the ayahuasca and I would be, like, moving or something and something would – some kind of kink would come out, a message would come in. And this time it was all about the future. Uh, so it was just showing different things of what to expect and what's going to happen and, and kind of trying to like lead me on a different, a different path, which I thought was really fascinating. And, uh, to be honest with you, that was a part of the push to, uh, to go exploring the last, this last year. Right. Like it was during the ayahuasca, it was like, there was a moment where it's like, Oh, guess what? You're going to win the lottery. <laughs> and I was like, sweet. Like, I'm gonna, who doesn't want to win the lottery? Right. Um, so I remember leaving being like, oh my gosh, if I won the lottery, what would I do? Like, what's going on? It just kind of got in my mindset. And some of the things that started coming up in my mind and how I would live my life differently was like, what the fuck? Like, you don't need to win the lottery I, I can to do, that to do anyway. any of this. Yeah. None of this. Like, you can travel for work. You can go and make a, a bigger purpose 
in other places. You can learn more as you travel. You can, you can do yoga videos. You can, you can do all this now. Why wait? Right. And so, like, even though maybe I didn't, like, go into the store and play lottery and then win in that aspect, I feel like I completely won the lottery here because I have this understanding, this inner knowing that, like, dude, like, you already won it. Yeah, you like, can't you wait. Just, for, you don't need to wait for that do thing to happen. Like, you're really going to wait until this happens for you to do this? Like, no, you don't need permission to do it. You just need to set yourself up for it. Right. And make it happen. Like That's really powerful. You're a powerful manifester. Like yeah. start fucking manifesting. Let your <laughs> dreams like let your dreams happen. And so it, it did. It gave me this like drive and then all these opportunities started coming in, but it was from me putting out that energy and asking and being like, Hey, what's going on here? What's going on here? And then I'd have like random things that would happen. Like I had a girlfriend that but you, but you really actively pursued things and explored I, things. I and did, but it was still like I, I put in the steps, but the steps were it worked both they ways. They were very easy. Like it's yeah. I had a girlfriend that uh, a friend of mine, she just moved to Bali and she decided she was gonna open up a yoga retreat center. And she's like, Oh, when you're in Bali, come and stay with me for free. And it was yeah. like, Alright. Okay, like it's just like little things like that just started happening and and I was like, Alright, like I need to follow this. And then it was like the apartment, uh, my apartment here, like I said, like it was like, ah, uh, like I'm just going to go for like three months and adventure out. And it was like, right. no, you need to do a six month lease. So it's like, okay, that just, okay, then let's I guess it out just makes sense. Months. Like, yeah. let's see what's, what's, see what can happen. Yeah, yeah, let's yeah. see what you need to do. Yeah. Yeah. It was awesome. Like yeah. it's looking back, it's, I don't know. I like it's, life is so fascinating. Uh, you were in Thailand and I got to go there as a journalist right after the tsunami, like uh, six months after the tsunami. Yeah. Um, and it was really haunting and beautiful. And first of all, it was beautiful. Yeah. But it was just a really uh, heady thing to be there and know that just six months before what had happened there and what people had gone through and they would talk to you. It was, I don't know. It was really powerful and beautiful. What do you love about Thailand? I think it's incredible. I uh, A few things. Like... Definitely, like, things are priced really nicely, so that's yeah. that's helpful. Uh, the people are really nice. It's yeah. different, a different lifestyle, like, different aspect. And that was... I, everywhere that I've been in, like, Southeast Asia, uh, in that kind of area, it's like, people were just always so nice. And I feel like in America, we just... It's like we look for things to complain about. And we just, like, we give those complaints so much energy... So it becomes like that's so much part of who are who we are. It's like our and it brand. It becomes who we are. <laughs> it is like our, our brand. Is especially American. sometimes online. And it's funny because I'll like, like oh. I'm out of town and it's just like oh like I know that Americans are the hardest people that any like any country seems to have to deal with. Like it's like as a whole, it's like we complain a lot and this isn't good enough and it's like there's like I don't know like an entitlement or something. I don't know, but. Uh, it has been interesting to notice that and to go somewhere and to feel so like welcomed and just people how they react to things and uh, like I said like the traffic of Bali like when I was there it was so crazy that if that was ever taken to America there would just be accidents everywhere but I didn't see a single accident none it was everybody was so aware of their journey and what they were doing they were so connected to this chaotic flow yeah uh, that it worked they weren't on the phones. They weren't distracted doing something else because you have to be fully in the moment, fully present, which is a beautiful meditation as, as you're there. Yeah. Uh, 
to survive the driving. <laughs> yeah. But like if that was here, it's just like we have so many rules and so many like lights and and uh, way people do things. Like even the I will notice like I will say people. It seemed like people in the other countries use their horns as just like a hey, what's up? Like just letting you know yeah. that I'm right behind you. It was more of a respect thing. Right. And it was a quick. It was like a quick like. You can hear a ding. It just hey, a just let you know. Yeah. And like here you go, and it's just like like it's anger. It's anger uh, enforced here. The horn. Well, and it's like I'm. It's like I'm screaming at you. Is what the horn is here. It's like I'm screaming at you. I'm yelling at you. And it's like that's was is a conversation of our driving here. It seems like, uh, but there it's not the conversation. It was just like more of like a hey, like yeah. watch out behind you, or hey, I'm coming around here, or yeah. like look out over there for someone else. But it was just like a respect, uh, which. Oh, I find I find really beautiful totally different vibe. that we don't have like, but it's very different than what we have. When people um, talk about yeah. road rage, I always think it's not really about the traffic and the road. It's about it's other about person. Yeah. It's about it's other stuff, reasons. and that's where yeah, it's coming yeah, yeah. out. You know, um, talk to me about Vinyasa Vault. Mm. All right, so Vinyasa Vault, uh, I think it's amazing. Like it's a great I title. Was, I was able to come up with something where I was able to deliver. Uh, the practice that people can do everywhere. I, I, uh, it's online. I rented a nice like studio and uh, filmed a bunch of videos. I have uh, another person with me in these videos, and she's walking through modifications. Her name's Jenny Kim, and she's like an amazing friend of mine. Uh, I love her so much, um, and so it was really cool that she got to, that she was there on the videos with me. Uh, and she's modifying everything, and she does like such a beautiful job modifying. Uh, so the practice can be for anybody, and it's are they full classes or are it's they full classes? So uh, the like the shortest version class that's on the vault right mm-hmm. now is I think thirty thirty eight minutes, but most of them are anywhere from thirty eight minutes to fifty five minutes. Awesome, um, and they're all themed on different like differently. So it's like open up the chest, or let's open up the hamstrings, let's uh, open up in a twist and some balance. Uh, they're all themed open up because. Vinyasa vault and vault is in like let's open the vault. That's right. The treasures. Open in the, the vault. Uh, so it's we open the vault and in the vault it's a membership program where you get full access to yoga videos, uh, yoga tutorials. So in the tutorials, it's like you know when you go to a class and things just move so quickly, you're just like ah, yeah. but what happens on that pose? Right. Why can't we do it again? It's the tutorials are cool because you can be like ah, let's like let's slow down crow pose. Right. Let's look at it from this angle. And it's I, – I lead those ones and it's just like, all right, guys, let's talk about crow pose. Here's what's going on. So it makes it more workshoppy right. on some of those yeah, poses. Yeah, you get to go, okay, wait. No, where – sometimes there's a pose and you're like, what part <laughs> of my body is doing the work? Yeah. And then you make those subtle shifts and you're like, oh, exactly. that's how you do and that. And it just happens so fast sometimes yeah. that it's just like you don't have a chance to get it. So yeah. the tutorials are a way that's for awesome. it to slow down a little bit and – gives you ways to play with that and then there's a forum too so it's like we can stay connected if you're right. if you're on the vault and you have a question uh you can write and be like hey jake i was doing this and you know this came up how can i improve that and so like i'll write back on there so there's still communication there so and people then, can t- take your classes or you know experience you as a teacher yeah no matter where they are I, I think it's very authentic to how i how i normally teach so right. even though you're not in a class that's filled with people you're still right. getting the experience of taking a class of mine right and, uh, yeah, every month you get another video released. That's so cool. your vault keeps on growing. So there's, there'll be always, uh, you know, different versions. And I, I'm really excited Have about it. Have you enjoyed seeing, putting it together? Yeah, totally. Like, yeah. It's, it's been really cool. Um, and being able to know that every month I get to put something else out 
is even more. I think it's more awesome. Like it's like it gives me like yeah, you this think, extra okay, what thing. Am I gonna do this like, month? I've, I've done some I... stuff before in the past. I I, uh, I filmed some stuff for Xbox. I saw some of those. And where the where and were those videos one, shot? Uh, in like, a beautiful location in Los Angeles, this this building that like, just has an amazing are you view. By MacArthur Park or something? Uh, and the, there was a. Oh, I don't know the a, name of the park, but yeah, it's, some, it's like somewhere a lake in LA. Or it's a, beautiful. And then downtown, I was yeah, like, it was, where it's in are downtown, they? But it's it was a beautiful place. Yeah. And uh, with that, we did all the videos at once, and then it was just gone. Like it was just like okay, like Xbox owns it, and it was just done with. Uh, so it was a little bit like oh, like it's a little sad. Like it's just yeah. like you just do it and it's gone. But, like, with this, I think it's really amazing because, like, every month I get to do something new and there's there's people that we can communicate with. Yeah, it's like a conversation. Forum. So it's, like, it's something that I feel like could, could live uh, – that can live on. And uh, that really inspires me. Yeah. I think it's really amazing. Um, and very proud of, like, how it's going so far. Good. Um, Congrats. It's only been two months. Awesome. Um, and I did it all myself. Like, I like, – I, you know, hire people to produce it and, like, come film it. And it's, like – it's really cool because it's, like – it's my baby. I didn't have like some company come and like be like, "Hey, we're going to pay you to do this." Um, was I'm it, do it, the, it I think as creative people, we always have ideas, or I want to do this someday, or something like that. Was there something that made you kind of pull the trigger and go, "I'm going to make this happen"? Because uh, it sounds like you've been, you know, what, experiencing I, I, I think a lot there's of definitely, and stuff. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I like the more confident you get in yourself, the more you give yourself power to try new things and stuff like that too. Um, right. The thing about the Xbox that actually worked out in my favor in a big way was. Xbox released uh, like maybe like six months or so that they were stopping all of their fitness, okay? Which meant that that means that my yoga videos wouldn't be on there anymore, yeah. and none of the other videos would be on there either. Which set up a whole group of people that were doing these videos all of a sudden the weren't going to have anymore. Yeah. Uh, so I had a bunch of messages from people that had been doing the the program called Yo Thirty. So people that were doing the Yo Thirty program have been were messaging me, being like, "Oh, like what are we going to do after right. this?" And it just gave me this, like, this opening. Like, right. I was just like, you know what? There's an appetite yeah, for this. Yeah, I got you. I got you. I'll yeah. make it happen. I'll make sure that the videos are out by the time those ones end. So the videos for Xbox, I think they, they stopped in July. And July 1st was the release of Vinyasa Vault. So I was able to... Uh, I needed that. Like, I wasn't like, oh, boo-hoo, like, Xbox taking off the videos, I won't be out there anymore. Yeah. It's like, no, dude, like, this gives me it's a great, great opportunity, opportunity to, yeah. like, step up and do something I've been wanting to do for a very long time. That's cool. So how can people find out about, where can they find that? Uh, very easy to find. Just look at my name.com or uh, Trainer Jake. I'm Trainer Jake everywhere. So Trainer Jake on Instagram, Trainer Jake uh, on Twitter. If you look up trainerjake.com, you can find my website. And on the website, it tells you all about my classes, my retreats, and Vinyasa Bolt. Yeah. Well, and the cool thing about Vinyasa Bolt, too, is the first two weeks are free. So oh, I love it. No excuses. I'm <laughs> going to wait till I go away somewhere, and then I'm going to try it. Right? And then I'm right. Gonna, there you go. Um, well, you could pick some questions from the observation. But I also wanted to ask you, I never, you're the first person I met from Reno. What's yeah. it like to grow up in Reno? I always think of the biggest little. I think of the, the biggest sign. little city in the world. Yeah, uh, Reno. Growing up, you don't know any different, so it's just what it is. Yeah, uh, I do remember a funny story here. I remember when you remember that show Reno Nine One One. Of course, I was okay. going to ask you about that. So, <laughs> so when Reno Nine One One came out, it was like a huge like debacle, right? With, like Reno, and it was in our papers, and like they're making our our uh, city look bad, and we're not like that, and it makes it look like we're white trash. Um, and living there, you just, like, I didn't, I didn't see it. And I was like, yeah, like, 
bad Reno 911 for making it right. that way. And then I leave. I move to California. Uh, and then I watch it. I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, this is... Yeah. Yeah. This they, is, they this is Reno. This they is Reno. This it. is Reno. That's so um, funny. But I, I, I will say, like, this last year, I've gone back to Reno a few times during uh, these summer months. And Reno in the summer is really... Really amazing. They, the skies there are so blue, so they have yeah. these beautiful sunsets. Uh, and like every weekend, they have cool festivals downtown. Like yeah. uh, I was there uh, in July. I went for the fourth, so like Tahoe is really big for the Fourth July, which is close to Reno. So we went yeah. and watched the fireworks there. And then uh, during the weekend, they had the Chicken Wing Festival, which is uh, you can't. Uh, who doesn't love a Chicken like, Wing right? Festival? Like the Chicken Wing Festival in downtown Reno, and it right. was it was the most fun. We were yeah. just like on the streets, eating chicken wings and uh, and drinking, drinking on the streets. Yeah. That's uh, it was very Reno. So it was uh, it was fun. I have a great appreciation for Reno as I'm as I'm getting yeah. older. I love when you. I see you post pictures sometimes with your mom. She seems so ah, wonderful. My mom, my parents are incredible, and I feel like as they've gotten older, like they're becoming more incredible, or maybe I'm just noticing how incredible they are. But fully inspired, like they're traveling all the time. Uh, they're, they're always they're always happy. They're still together. That's uh, awesome. They both retired uh, like two years ago, and my mom worked for the airlines, so she retired with airline benefits. So they just they fly, they just fly everywhere. They should, and they fully take advantage of it, and they live their life so fully. Um, my mom's on this big uh, fitness kick. Like I got her a Fitbit like two years ago. And since she's had it, she is now just like so goal oriented, and she has yeah. to get her steps in no matter what. Right. And uh, her uh, her friend got her this uh, got her the Apple the Apple Watch, right, which right. is like trumps the if trumps the Fitbit. Like right. so, like she got rid of that Fitbit, and like now she has the Apple Watch, and she's just like she's just committed in a whole new way, and it's so. It's so beautiful to see her so uh, like moving so much. Like she does yoga. She does my she does my uh, vinyasa ball. Yeah, she's like ask what they think. She's so she's so cute. She's always like, I did yoga with you today, or like sometimes she's like, Well, I just turned it on. I just turned it on because I wanted you to be in the living room with me. So it's uh, it's very sweet. And yeah, I just think my parents are just incredible. They're they really are living life so fully and really taking advantage of the moment and. Uh, living very healthily, like yeah. they, they both they like garden now and they drink smoothies and um, I don't know. It's just it's really it's just really special. I, I think they're both just amazing, beautiful human beings, yeah. and they've always always have supported me um, with anything that I've dreamt of. Like crazy. Like I remember I was I was in in, in uh, college and I was like ah, I don't like living in the dorm, so I decided to drop out of college. Um, which was such a sad – it was like in my mind at that time it was like the end of the world. Like, oh my god, I'm dropping out of college. I'm a college dropout. Um, and I remember I just – I left and uh, I went to the gym. And I went to the gym and I was like, okay, like everything's going to be okay. And that actually was a different shift because it was like in that moment I was like, I'm going to be a trainer. It was that moment that I decided to be a trainer. And I was like, all right, everything's fine. And my parents just like completely supported me. They're just like, all right, like maybe if at this moment in your life college wasn't right for you. You can always right. go back. It's not a big deal. Uh, and now you have a new passion, like which is always cool to see somebody's passion. They've always right. exported, in, uh, they've always supported any passion that I've ever had, and they're just like, go for it. Um, and I did, like I, you know, I started studying for, you know, my personal training exams and all that other stuff, and then yeah, I became a trainer, and that was like kind of the whole start to my fitness career. Um, my parents have always been so 
supportive with everything. Even when I'm just like, all right, I'm moving out of Reno. I'm moving to Los Angeles. Right. You know, I've always been pretty close to my parents. So it was like, that was like, what? But they understood and they supported me. And yeah, even, you know, crazy stuff. Just, what did they I think when you started it. getting into yoga and getting into the more sensitive type stuff and the things we've been talking <laughs> about? Were they like... Were they like, that's cool, or were they like, where did this come from? Were they? I don't know. I still kind of think, where does this come from? Like, I say stuff now, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, that is so woo-woo. Yeah. And I was like, I never used to be that person, or I'd just be like, I'd be so turned off by it. Or like, going to a class, and they'd be like, oh man, and I'd be like, whoa, these guys are nuts. Yeah. Dial um, it down. And now it's like, I'm right on it. I'm right on it. Like, I get it. I get it now. Um, but I feel like I've always been very real with that aspect of being like, hey, like, I understand that this stuff may look fucking weird, but, like, right. give it a shot. Let's right. see what happens for you. I think there's different aspects of ways that things come up, so it's, like, explore what the lesson is for you. That's cool. uh, it's not to say that one way is the right way or there's one way to do everything because there's so many different ways. Yeah. And whatever brings you into the practice or if it becomes very spiritual or woo-woo or whatever, like, that's fine, too. Yeah. And it's okay if it's not. Yeah. You mentioned when we were talking about ayahuasca, about, you know, feelings about being gay. What was your coming out like? Because it seems like you came from a very, like, jocks culture. And- yeah, I was, like, uh, you know, growing up in high school, it was, or growing up in high school. Uh, growing up in Reno and, like, in high school and stuff, like, I, you know, I played football, I wrestled. Right. Like, I... Like, I was in the theater. Uh, I was in, like, musical yeah. theater. It wasn't okay. a shock. Um, I learned how to hide my life. I learned how to hide who I was. Um, and that was me, sort of, like... In my mind, I thought that was how I had to survive. And that's like a full-time job. Yeah, yeah. The the energy it takes. And that didn't start, like, collapsing really until, like, you know, I think, like, 30, I had this, like, full-on breakdown of, like, oh, my God, you really hate yourself. And uh, it was a really sad point in my life, but it was, like, uh, yoga and different healing practices, like, helped turn that around for me. Uh, But growing up, it was, was, like, I would just, I hit it so well that I hit it for myself. Yeah. Um, and then I started believing that, like, oh, like, I can just live this, this straight life. And, you know, I was dating girls. I and, can pull this you off. You know, I've always had that. So I was like, it was fine. Like, it's fine to be with a girl. Like, and I, I, I enjoyed it. Like, I had my last girlfriend. Uh, I can still look back now. And she is really, like, the most, the most amazing people I've ever met in my entire life. Uh, and she was incredible. She's actually who I came out to. I remember I was sitting on the couch. And we were having a conversation. And I told her... I, you know, I, I think I, before we go any, any further, cause she was living with me at the time, we were talking about getting married and having kids. Um, and I told her, you know, before I go any further, I, I, I feel like maybe I'm, I'm gay. I'm having these, these, uh, these thoughts and it's what I fantasize about and I don't know what to do with it. And I, and I don't think that we can go any further until I really explore these. And she, oh, she was amazing. Like, she's, she's older, and she's, like, a full-on, like, psychiatrist. And she just turned it on. She just, whoosh, she dropped into her mode, and she's just like, you know, I don't believe that you're gay. Uh, we have something very special. She's like, I have experiments. I, you know, I experimented in college and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, let's do this. We're going to take three months off. I'm going to move. I'm going to give you your time. I'm going to give you your space. You're going to go and explore and, and do you. Uh, she's like, I believe in us. I believe in what we have. Um, and let's come back in three months and see where it goes. Uh, and then, yeah, I don't know. She's just amazing. Like, I feel like it may sound weird, but I feel like I loved her so much that she, I feel like she gave me the courage to come out. 
Yeah, that's like an she really did. Like gift. she, like I felt like she does. Like she deserved better. She deserved better, and, and and for that, like I was like, I gotta, I, I gotta own up to it because I can. Like I can probably put up with it and like do it, but like that's not fair for her. No, like it's and, and like ultimately, it's not fair for myself or anybody else either. But uh, yeah, it's like she kind of like. I don't know. I feel like I loved her so much that I owed it to her to to do that, and then obviously like owed it to myself. But uh, but yeah, and then I went and explored, and I was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> this is what it's supposed to feel like. And right. you can't like once you've gone and you, you just like can't. and you experience that, and it's like, oh, like I didn't even know this feeling even existed. It wasn't right. even a part of like who I was at the time. And then I opened that up, and it's just like, now once you opened it, you can't. Like, you can't close that down. Right. And no. so then I was just like, all right, now I got to, like, whew, figure out how to make this life work. Yeah. Um, how old were you when I did. When that uh, I was 23. Yeah. Yeah. 20, 23 when I came out to her. Uh, actually, 20, I think 24. 24. Um, so it's not long, bef- so long I, after that you discovered yoga pretty soon. Well, I was 24 and then moved to Los Angeles when I was 25. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I was living at Reno in the time and it was... Like, I had a very successful personal training business. I had, you know, uh, a training facility that I owned and operated throughout, like, seven locations throughout northern Nevada, northern wow. Nevada at one point. And it was just, like, I was very just, like, ego-driven and success-driven. Um, but then, like, when I came out, I was like, I can't, I can't be here. I can't do this. Um, so I, you know, I sold off my business, I sold my house and then I moved to Los Angeles <laughs> and it was great. Like it's, I, I feel like Los Angeles has been able to open me up in so many, like so many ways. I feel like this is the first place. Well, it's once I got here is where I really started to really be able to be myself and keep exploring that. And yeah, now I am, I, uh, I feel comfortable to be sensitive and loving and compassionate, but then also be strong and powerful at the same time right they don't, um, they and don't I feel like yoga yoga gave me that permission when before it was like no dude you gotta be this like you gotta be a tough guy um you can't show emotions and it's like fuck that you know what like I feel like the emotions is what makes us it what makes us strong it's right. a stronger stronger uh quality than than hiding it and they're there they're there. They're not going away. So you either reckon <laughs> well, with them and yeah. deal with them, or they come out in other ways. They do, and I do. I fully believe that. Whether it like it comes out in a way of regression or sadness or a cancer, yeah, or a sickness, it comes yeah. out in weird ways. It does come All out. All right. Um, here's some questions you pick from the observation deck. What movie have you seen more than any other? <laughs> Under the Tuscan Sun. Really? Uh, yes. The Diane Lane. I fucking love that movie. And Why? I will, well, it makes you want to go to Italy okay, and, so I've watched and have it. an Italian I've lover. Never, I've never like I've never like saw it and been like I'm going to Italy. Uh, I always see it because it gives me hope. It is if I'm ever going through anything in my life where all of a sudden I'm like, oh gosh, like I'm, I'm sad about this, or I'm going through this breakup, or going through uh, this change of job, or anything that I have a moment where I'm just like, oh, like this is really really tough. I watch that movie and automatically it changes my perspective completely because you have this woman this beautiful woman who you know she's going through a divorce and then she just like picks up her life and moves somewhere else and then as she does that it's like her entire life just gets unfolded in this beautiful way that it was all supposed to happen it was all destined and it gives me a reminder it gives me hope every single time so if I'm ever ever in, in, a, in a place where I feel sad or, or whatever I'll watch that movie and it completely, whoosh, it changes it every time. Every time I cry, 
Uh, I know what's going to happen, but I cry every time. I'm always moved with like tears of... They're never tears of sadness. It's always this same moment of the movie where she realizes she just has everything that she needs. And I cry every single time. Mm. Love it. I love it. That's, I'm going to have to take another look at that. Okay, what's the worst <laughs> costume or uniform you've ever had to wear for work? Uh... Oh, I didn't realize it said work. I, I'm gonna work go for, with I'm gonna go with the probably the the most uh, like the costume that after looking at it was like that probably wasn't a good idea. <laughs> so my mom, she made my brother and I uh, these whistling midget costumes, um, and so I want you to picture this. Okay. <laughs> Whistling midget. That sounds weird. Okay, so she made these huge hats, like huge hats that we had to ex- we had to extend our arms up and over our head. So right. picture our arms up in the sky. She would put these hats on us, and the hats would come down to our shoulders. Okay, so it completely right. covers your face. Your arms are inside this hat, and then you put uh, like pants on up to your knees. So you have pants up to your knees, and then your thighs to your torso, you put, like, a coat over, and then you put, like, your fake arms. Right. Okay? And then your belly and your chest is actually your face. So and your navel your, your, is your, 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 mouth. Your, nipple, your nipples are your eyes. Okay. And your belly button is the mouth that's, right. like, a, a kind of shaped like a, like a whistle. Right, right, right. I... So basically, we're in these costumes, which, looking back, was probably not, like, the most respectful thing to do uh, right. as well. But then you have no arms. Like, you can't move. You can barely see because uh, part of the hat – I remember it was a baseball cap that she made. Like, a, it was for uh, – my brother had uh, the A's. Like, it was an A's baseball cap. Right. And mine was, like, a uh, magician kind of, like, black top hat. Right. <laughs> But there's a little spot on it that is like you're able to like kind of see what's going on. So you have like a little view that you can see outside of your face because your face is completely in the right. in the hat as are your arms. So you have no arms, and you're moving around. You can barely see. So you're like you're un, like you can't function. And so, <laughs> so my mom was just following us around everywhere, and she had like a uh, like a boombox. Was box. it like a trick or treating thing? Yeah, or was it, yeah, okay. yeah. So she had like a boom. She had like a boombox that was like playing like just a whistle, a whistle. So my brother and I were like, were just, so when you like, moved your belly, we were just moving around. Yeah, we were just moving around as our torso, as our as our face, uh, with my mom with her boombox of a whistling, and she'd have to lead us everywhere because like we couldn't. We couldn't move and barely like function, so we're just like we're moving, we're moving around and trying to. I, I don't know. We were going trick or treating, or maybe we had a Halloween costume contest or something like that. But it was like you can't hold on anything. So I was like, I don't know how she had us with like our trick or treat basket or what. If she yeah. like somehow found a way to like tape it to our fake arms. Um, but yeah, looking back, it's probably like maybe it was not. That was like a <laughs> maybe not. That's the best. gonna come up in the next ayahuasca, I think. The, the trauma of not having your uh, was, your arms was, being in that thing. It was really funny. I bet the pictures are cute though. <laughs> uh, what rookie mistakes did you make on your first jobs? Uh, rookie mistakes. Okay, my first job. My first job, I was a sandwich artist. Uh, I'm gonna say sandwich artist because I, I, it's like that. I lived, I worked at a place called Porta Subs, which is kind of like a yeah. subway. Right. But uh, we sliced our meat. Like we had like a the meat slicer and stuff like that. And I 
loved this job. It was it was my favorite. But I, I don't know. I guess like the hardest part between that job is like learning how to fucking cut the bread. <laughs> like right. I, I don't know. It sounds so silly, but like I we have our bread rolls and you gotta like cut it and like that's where the like obviously like where the insides go. But it was like the cutting was like I'd always mess up the cutting and um, I don't know. That's just a weird response to that. But that's was that was. That was one of them. Uh, Sometimes my, I go into places like Starbucks where they're making the yeah, things really fast. Yeah, you didn't even realize what's like, going on. <laughs> how do you do that? It like seems yeah, like Starbucks a lot. amazes me. Yeah, uh, I'm sure I could do it if I tried, but sometimes I am <laughs> in a little bit of awe. Practice. Yeah, that and then uh, you know what I will say is I remember a job interview that I had for personal trainer. Okay, so this was this was me at 17. I just. Uh, I just decided I was going to quit college. Yeah. Uh, maybe I was 18 at the time. Decided I was going to quit college. I left college. I went in. Uh, I went into the gym and I was I was talking to the guy. I was like, "Hey, like, I would really love to be a personal trainer." Blah blah blah. And I think the guy felt so bad for me because I was just like I was so persistent. Every day I would come in and I talked to him, and he was like, "Hey, let's do this." He's like, "I'm going to give you this uh, this uh, this brochure. We sell this thing called the Five Components of Fitness. I want you to act." I want you to come in next time and you're going to, to try to sell me these five components of fitness. And so I was like, all right. So he gave me this brochure. I memorized the brochure. I got all the components down. There was like food intake, cardio, resistance training, um, supplements, and like I, something else. I can't even remember right now. But I remember like I memorized everything and I came in for the job interview and I'm this like 18-year-old who thinks that he's going to be a personal trainer. Um, and so I go in there. I'm trying to sell him the whole thing. And my jaw, my jaw is shaking. My jaw is shaking the You're entire nervous. time. My hands are shaking. I was so nervous that I was like, my body wasn't even operating. Right. And I think the guy felt so bad for me. Like, he was just like, oh, like, this kid just, he yeah, needs he's me to throw a bomb. Yeah. He's, and he gave me a job. He gave me the job. And it's like, I don't know. He... I don't know if he saw something or just was like, uh, this kid, like, he needs some help. <laughs> he needs right. some help. But it was like, I, I think he saw how much effort I put into it. Right, how much like, you, you know what? You Let's just, it. like, do it. Yeah. And, That's so beautiful, and, actually. Uh, it really was amazing. Like, I, I feel so grateful that they gave me that, that little bit of chance because, like, I started off and I knew nothing. I knew nothing about training or supplements or... Or any of that, and like people started taking me under their wing, and I was a, I was a very hard worker, and I wanted to be the best I possibly can. So I was like, I was going to many classes and doing all that I can, um, and it became a, a, a lifestyle and um, a career. Right, it just yeah. set and it still is. Like I still train people, and I still love it, and it's yeah. it's uh, it's something that I've done just like yoga that like. It changed my life so much that I felt like I had to, like I have to, like it's a calling. I have to do this. Yeah. Like, it made me so happy, and I know how much it changed my life, that I have to share this with other people. I just have to. Like, I can't not. And why would I not want to? Like, it, if I can experience this happiness every single day, like, why? I want to make that my living. I have to say, every time I take you to class, I always feel like you're there, you're in it, you're, there's an authenticity to it. Because sometimes, I know it's not... Sometimes you, you have something that you need to do, and you're not always in the mood to do what you have to do, what, no matter what your job is. Mm. But I always feel like you're... I, I remember taking... <laughs> there's other teachers I've taken that have been good for different things, but there's something, you know, like, that's, he's a little full of shit. Not, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I always just feel like you are the real deal. Just it's because I, I just know what it's, it's done for me, and, like, no matter what I have going in my, 
on in my life, like, I can be so upset about something or so sad or something is going on that I'm so frustrated about. I, I know that once I get into a yoga room, it, it, it changes, like it changes my perspective on it and then it becomes a bit of a lesson that I can share. Yeah, and um, it becomes something you can manage. And it becomes this like beautiful gift, like yeah. <laughs> whatever circumstance I'm going through becomes like a gift when I'm teaching because I can see it differently and, and it, it, teaching really, really helps me check in with that and it's, I'm so, so grateful for that. Oh. What would you say to someone that might be listening that's, that's mm. not, yoga's not really for me, but I feel like I'm a little interested or like, you know, people that are sort of afraid that think it's yeah. not for them. Uh, let's see. Uh, from experience, I was not interested, not even a little bit. Um, I thought it was weird and how helpful could it possibly be. Uh, we have a lot more information about it now. We know that it's helpful. <laughs> uh, so I would say give it a shot. Give it a shot. Be patient with it. Uh, know that it is a practice and know that there are so many different types out there, types of yoga, types of practice and types of people that teach it. So be patient. And if you maybe not felt like you connected with the instructor or with the class, try a different one because every instructor is able to give something different with it. Um, and I believe that as you start practicing more and, you know, I've been practicing for a long time and I can, I feel like as you do that, you have a deeper respect to the practice. So it's, you can go to any class and it will be fine. But when you first start, it's, it's, it's definitely, uh, I think it is important to find something that works for you, whether it's hip hop yoga or dance yoga or yoga and wine or whatever it may be. I even seen, I, mean, have you seen I, I saw yoga? yoga and goats. Yes. Goat yoga. I saw that, that the other day and I was like, I want to do yoga and there's goats. goats. I think it's so funny. You do yoga and there's just yeah, goats and they're jumping around. around all over you. And they will stand um, on you. I think it looks awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's like I hear people say like sometimes like oh that's not yoga or the way you're doing stuff isn't yoga, and it's like you know what I feel like anything that brings somebody on the mat and opens them up to explore a different a deeper way no matter what that is is yoga. Um, so I'm never gonna like diss any kind of uh, thing out there that gets somebody on the mat that maybe just like sparks their their mind to try it or to get into a place where they try to become more aware because that's, you know, to me, that is the practice is how can we increase awareness, not necessarily like the flow or the movement, but it's like, how can we get a little deeper connected to ourselves? I love that. This was the last uh, question you picked from the deck. What was on your lunchbox as a, as a kid, your lunchbox, and what My did it mean to you? lunchbox as a kid. Okay, so I don't know if maybe we didn't have money to have a lunchbox, but I had the paper bag. Right. Uh, but my mom... My mom would write poems on my paper bag. I could or, weep. I or could she weep would right. like, I could literally weep right now. Or she would like uh, put in the paper bag like a poem that she wrote or something, and it was always just like so corny. Uh, and I fucking I love corny. Like I love everything corny. I think corny is just the best. And <laughs> my mom being corny to me, like it's so sweet. Like she would. I don't know. Basically, she would pack my lunch and then like stick a poem in there, write a poem on my bag. And uh, I don't know. It's amazing. She, did, you, she, did it mean? Because sometimes when you're a kid, uh, that's a little when embarrassing. I, when, I, when, I, well, when I was a kid, maybe I didn't like. I didn't notice it so much. But she did. She did it when I was in high school too. Uh, it's like she did it when I was a kid and then stopped and then like started presenting it when I was in high school. So I remember I was in high school and I pulled out my like bag lunch and I was like, dude, my mom like wrote a poem guys. <laughs> and it was like a kind of like a funny thing. Like, Oh, like what'd your mom write? Uh, and I would read it and it's, I don't know. I think it's just, 
I look back now. I look back now, and it's like the most beautiful thing. And it's like she's so. My mom's so sweet. Do you remember any of them? What they were about, or anything like that? No, I remember. There's always like something about like the apple of my eye or something. Uh. But she would always like rhyme. She everything would always like rhyme, but it'd be like. (laughs) She would take the time. I don't know, but it was so. It was so sweet. It was very very nice. Even on my. on my yearbook. So our senior year in, in, in uh, high school, at the yearbook, they have, like, this thing where the parents could, like, send a picture of, like, you from the past, and it goes next to your uh, your graduation picture. Right. And so your parents could write something, and my mom, like, wrote a poem about, like, how proud, like, um, they are of me. And it's, oh. like, I don't know, it's just really, it's really sweet, very moving, and I hope that she knows, like, how much I appreciate that. I will how make sure they that she does. You- how were they when they when you came out? Because was <laughs> um, that was a hard time for me uh, because I didn't know what was really going on. Like, right. and I was like living in this kind of denial, and uh, I'm not somebody who like I guess intentionally lies to people. Like right. if I'm not like quite sure what's going on, and it's like a lie to me. Like it's a, it's my truth, I guess. But like at the time, I was like ah, like okay, like I think I'm gay. Um, and I wasn't ready to talk about it. I wasn't ready to talk about it then. My mom was so... My mom can be pretty pushy. Um, and she likes to take on things for herself. So it's like she... It was her mission to figure out what was going on. And I always just kind of was just like, Mom, I, you know, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to tell you. Like, I'll tell you when things are, are right or I'm figuring things out. And she was just so persistent with it that it was just really annoying. Uh, but one time we went out to dinner. And uh, we were at... The Outback Steakhouse. It's where all the big things right? happen. It's very big at Reno. So we went to Outback Steakhouse, just her and I. And we order our dinner. She starts talking. And at this time, I was exploring a little bit and, like, traveling. And, like, that's where I would explore uh, different men. I wouldn't do it in Reno because it's just, like, I didn't even know it, there was even a – that existed in Reno, for right. one. But I would travel. Like, and I went to San Francisco a few times. And I went there one year for Halloween and went, like, to the Castro and, like, experienced that. And it was, you know, it was really awesome. Um, and then I remember being at dinner and my mom was asking about, like, my trip. And she's like, oh, so you, like, you were in San Francisco for Halloween. Um, where did, like, where did you go? Like, she's trying to, like, pry me for questions. I was like, oh, you know, I went to, um, they have a big street fair on, on Castro. And she's like, oh. She's like, well, was it? Was it a gay? Was it a gay event that you went to? And I was like, no, like it's pretty like mixed. There's you know there's definitely gay people there, San Francisco, but there's also like a lot of straight people. And then she goes, well, is anything that you've been going through in your life have to do with with any of that? And it was that moment right there that I looked at her and I said, Mom, everything that I'm going through right now has to do with that. And then like. Her whole face just like turned white. Like it is. The, I will never forget her face. Like it just like it completely turned white. And in that moment, our food was delivered right then. Boom. <laughs> it was right then. And then she couldn't eat a bite. She couldn't eat a bite. And I don't know. It was like a self defense or something. Like I just I started laughing because it was just like I didn't know how to react to like her looking at me like that. And of course, my mom is somebody who like wants to take on everything for herself. Right. There was so all of a sudden, about like, her that was she was the gay one. That way. She was the gay one. And like, like, and then all of a sudden it's like, my world is going to be over and no one's going to like me and I'm going to be alone forever. And, uh, that, she was worried about that's that like, yeah, that's a, that's was her, was her thing. Um, and then she immediately, immediately was like, don't tell anybody. <laughs> don't tell anybody. Um, she's like, I will tell the family when I'm ready. 
like she's like it was her, like she was the gay son now she's like I'll tell them when I'm ready to come out kind of thing and I'm like right. well okay it's not like yours but like whatever um, so yeah that was definitely and it was a struggle for us for a while and like one thing I will say to anybody who's who's coming out and they expect their parents to just be like oh yay and this is wonderful right like I think you also need to understand how much at least for me like how hard it was for me to come out and how ill uh how many ill thoughts i thought of to myself about it and how bad it was and how i'm a bad person and i'm gonna go to hell and like i'm not gonna have a life like that was years and years and years and years of like having to deal with that we deal with that as 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 gay men hopefully not so much in and more in our society but like that's what i was dealing with at the time and this denial for a very long time, and then to to uh, throw something that out on my family and expect them to be to, like so okay just instantly when it was like something that I had struggled with so long, like I, I feel like I have more compassion towards it, and I didn't have it then. It was just like, well, you're gonna accept me or fuck you, I'll never see you again. But like now, I can look back and be like, you know what? Like that's also it's for them. Like they don't know the whole thing, or that like. They don't know what's going on, and it's like yeah, they handled the best. They handled the best they can, and they needed time. They needed time to deal with it, and they were still always very loving and uh, and supportive, even though they were still going through the bit of the struggle as well. Um, now, my parents are so funny. Now, they're, now they like they like love that they have a gay son, and anytime they see a gay person, they like think that it's their like. Now they have the in, and so like my my parents have have. Uh, met these like random people on trips and because they're always traveling so they've they've met like these like gay couples and lesbian couples and stuff like that and they now travel with them and it's i think it's so cute and it's like they're always like they like go up being like oh i have a gay son like we could be friends right um and then they make it they actually make it they make it happen where they're like friends and my uh my parents spend like in september they spend a month in uh puerto vallarta and, oh man! I and love Puerto it Vallarta, they're right in, I, I guess, like the gay area, Puerto yeah. Vallarta, and they love it. They both love it. They love it so much, and they're just like, oh, and our neighbors, and like they're renting a place from a gay couple, and they, I don't know. My parents are just really has have like fully embraced it. Like they're just like it's their like, it's their. They're I don't know they're in for like I don't know right. I keep saying that but it's, it's a uh, hobby. It's like they love they love using it. It's it's uh, it's fun. I love it. All right. Um, the only other thing I, I wrote down on my little note thing uh, that I read online that we haven't talked about, well, you, you were born like three months early. Ah, yes. Right? My mom calls me her miracle baby. That's amazing. Uh, I was born three months early, weighing one pound and 11 ounces. Yes. Uh, this was almost 38 years ago. So wow. at the time, it wasn't, uh, they didn't have a lot, like... It was a miracle that I that I lived. Um, Were you back in the then. hospital for a long time? I was time? in the hospital, I think, for for three months, and then wow. also back and forth in the hospital for uh, several years after that. I had a, I had like everything in my life. Um, after that, w- w- was very slow. Like uh, I didn't have hair until I think my mom said I didn't have hair until I was like almost two. Uh, she thought my teeth weren't going to come in. I didn't have any teeth for a while. <laughs> and then, uh, like, puberty started a bit late, I think. Um, like, my voice dropping was a little bit late. I was a little bit... I was a slow learner. I used to have this uh, really bad stuttering. I used to stutter so bad. And I remember the, like... It would be so embarrassing. And, and I would know, like, some of my catch words. And, like, I. The word I was the hardest word for me 
because every time I would say I, it would be like, ah, ah, like, and it was like the longest drawn out word. And it was like, it would start off kind of like, like my regular voice, but then like the longer the I lasted, the louder it got. So it was like this embarrassing, like stutter problem. Um, but yeah, I, the I was a learning to like learning to say I was a big deal for me. Um, I wonder what that could mean. I know that's But no, there really was there was also like other words that were that were like a challenge. So like I went to like speech therapy for a while. Um and I think I stuttered up until mm, like mid high school. Yeah. But I remember like elementary school and stuff like that, like stuttering was was definitely a big deal. Um yeah, and there was words that were definitely like really hard for me to to, to And kids just, can to be say. Tough on yeah, stuff like kids that. are tough. I felt like the stuttering maybe wasn't uh, well, yeah, I did get made fun of for that too. But uh, reading, reading—I know reading took me a long time, like to the point even where I was uh, self-conscious to read as an adult, um, or like reading in public or anything like that. Like, it took me a long time to learn how to read. I remember. All right, so this story—I got one more story for you. I love these stories, um, Jake. I could sit here all. <laughs> so this story, I must have been in like I don't know what grade do you read, like first or second grade or something in class. And there was one word that was so hard. It was so hard. I was sitting there, and I'm trying to, like, do the whole, like, uh, sounding out thing, with the uh, like, sounding out the letters, and I just couldn't do it. It was a three-letter word, and I just, I, I couldn't, I couldn't get it. And I remember the teacher saying, you're staying here until you get this word. And I remember being there, and I was, like, I was sweating and so embarrassed because I, I couldn't figure out this three-letter word. And then the bell rang. It was time for lunch. And I remember just being like feeling so like feeling so awful and so ashamed. I ran home because we lived kind of close to the school. I ran home at lunchtime. I remember calling my mom and I being like I was practically in tears. And I being like, Mom, like I'm, I'm supposed to like read in front of the class. And as soon as I get back in the, in the, in the class, I'm going to have to read this word. And I, and I don't know what it is. I'm like, I wrote it down. I wrote it down. So I need you to help to help me out with it. And she's like, OK, like, like, how do you spell this word? And and I go T H E <laughs> the I couldn't get the because I'm trying to like spell out or to be like the the and I remember being like the the and the teacher's just like no 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 um and I remember it being like such an awful moment in my like, life like it was like I was just so I was so traumatized by it. Just that one moment. I remember, like I said, I went home. I called my mom. She told me what the word "thub" was. Yeah. Um, I've never misspelt it since. Right. <laughs> I can Good. say it perfectly. Because it's um, pretty common. But no, it was always. You always use the word "the." Like I probably should have known it then. But I was, I was definitely a, a slower learner. Um, so I got back to school, and it was like I had to go right back into reading it. So like "duh," like automatically, and then like the rest of the words would like sound out again. But. Uh, yeah, I got the down, but it was it was very. Uh, it's funny how like something like that can scar you for for years right. and years. And I will say that was also a, a, a lesson on ayahuasca that I learned. Um, when I was on ayahuasca, there was a, a like I don't know when I left, there was a, something different about my voice and the way that I was able to do something. And I remember I went to a class. Like maybe other people can't notice it, but I remember I was teaching a class and I brought in a book. And before that, I would never I, I would never read in front of people because I just I, I always had this impression in my mind that like you can't, I can't read, read you I'm can't not, read you thing, can't yeah. read in public it's not your thing um, and I brought this book and I read the chapter to the class and I heard my voice 
differently. There was a different, a different tone to it, a different uh, um, confidence, mm-hmm. confidence to my tone. And I could hear it as I was reading, and I was able to see the words differently. And they were able to come out more uh, easily for me. Um, so, yeah, that was a big deal. And like I said, I feel like in some way, maybe some little way, um, when I did Ayahuasca, it was part of that cleaning of the slate of releasing yeah. that. I think it's so interesting that you make your living doing make, helping people be healthy. And, but you were born into a health crisis. Ah, totally. Right. You know, like like from the moment you were born, it was... But I was also born fighting. Yeah. I was also born, uh, you know, obviously something... Clearly. Something wanted to... I wanted to live. And even though I was in and out of the hospital and uh, slow learning and slow development, like, there was still something that was still driving me. Something right. That, was that still, sparked that, that thing was still, inside. Uh, still pushing. I love so, it. Yeah. I think that's a great way to end this. <laughs> Thank right. you for uh, being so open and, ah, and you're sharing welcome. your story. That was fun. I love talking to you. Me too. You've been a great gift to my life. And uh, I want to encourage anyone out there that is interested in yoga, if you live in L.A., come take Jake's class. If, you, if not, check out Vinyasa Vault. Awesome. Thanks, Anything Dennis. else you want to say? That's all right. No, feel free to reach out anytime. All right. Awesome. This has been great. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks again to Jake Faree for the awesome chat. You can learn more about him at his website, jakefaree.com. All right, so this happened. I got catfished, you guys. I got totally hardcore, seriously catfished. Um, I connected with this gentleman on Tinder, you know, the swipe right, swipe left dating dating app. And uh, he, not long after a few little exchanges, he wanted to go offline to do normal texts instead of being on Tinder. So we started doing that. His name is Kelvin, or he professed that his name was Kelvin, K-E-L-V-I-N. And he was in Norway at the moment, but he's from Los Angeles. Uh, Again, this is everything that he professed. None of it is probably true. And he was in Norway on a modeling seminar workshop thing, because he's a model, of course. And um, he had some really good pictures. He was handsome. And he had this cute dog in a lot of his pictures, so that's pretty endearing. We bonded over the dog thing. Um, but anyway, we were, like, chatting back and forth, and we were going to get together when he came back, and he would send, like, you know, cute pictures. And it was it was kind of... Uh, I was like, this probably isn't real. But then I kind of got sucked into it, and I was like, you know what? I'm dating a model, and I just have to accept that, that that's happening. Uh, even though I knew it was probably not happening. But... Um, then, as it was getting closer to when he was going to come back, of course, he drops the bomb that the Norway airport people changed the rules, and now he doesn't know if he can come back with his dog, and uh, so he doesn't know what he's going to do. And I could feel like the ask for money was coming, but it never did come. But I, I, start, I said to him at one point, I said, I'm starting to think you're not who you think you are. Uh, and he's like, what are you talking about? Then he got very indignant. And then he was like, um, I, I, I can't believe you're saying this. And I said, well, I think I might be being catfished. And he goes, I don't know what that is. What is catfish? And there were sometimes he spoke in a little bit. His English was a little weird, like the choice of words. And then other times it was, it was more conversational. And it wouldn't surprise me if there were more than one person sort of on the Kelvin duty, uh, able to sort of uh, chime in at any moment, you know, keep the conversation going. But he never did come out with the money, and he was like, I'm so hurt that you would say that. He got really indignant, 
And then I said, um, at one point he sent me his itinerary when he was flying back. And I didn't even ask for it. I thought that was weird. Um, and then I said, okay, well, then why don't you take, write, hi, Dennis, on a piece of paper and hold it up to your face and take a picture and send it to me. And poof, that was the last I heard of Kelvin. But um, it was weird. It was, it was, and then my friend Glenn, the same thing happened, but he, he knew about mine, so he didn't fall for it. But um, so if you get any, any of the guys out there that are single, if you uh, start dating uh, a model named Kelvin online, he's mine. A, you can't have him because he's mine, and we're together. We're gonna, we're always going to be together. And B, it's he's not a real person. So <laughs> there's that. Um, but yeah, I kind of got sucked into it, and that was what was weird. Like, I remember there were a few times where I was out and about, and I'd get a text from him, and I would have like that little secret that you get when you've got something going on in that way. And uh, so yeah, anyway, that happened, and um, I thought my suggestion to take a picture with the, my name on a piece of paper. I thought that was pretty clever, but you know, it's not as th that, that's little consolation, uh, compared to, um, cuddling with a model. Anyways, that's all I have for this week. Uh, I'll catch you next time. And thanks for listening. Bye.